This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello there and welcome to an impromptu Blood Red podcast with me, Joe Rimmer. I'm joined by James Pearce and Paul Ghost to talk about a stunning return to form for Liverpool last night against Red Star Belgrade in the Champions League. James, you were there. Um, it took them a little while to get going, didn't it? But once they did, it felt like we saw, saw the Liverpool of last season. If, do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, definitely. Certainly the most fluent. I, th- mm. I think Liverpool have played in as an, an attacking force for for a few months and it was yeah, it was long overdue. Of course, you've got to balance it against the calibre of the opposition they were up against. I think it was always going to be a difficult night for Red Star Belgrade, but Liverpool have made hard work of beating limited opposition so mm. far this season. So to see them play with that kind of fluency um, and cutting edge in the final third was massively pleasing and yeah, it was just a night packed full of positives, wasn't it? You know, you you, you go through the team. It was, um, you know, there was some big performances yeah, and it was, and it was so so comfortable in the end. But you're right, you know, the first twenty was a bit of a struggle. But once that once that first one went in, you knew it was just a case then of how many Liverpool would go on to get. Yeah, we'll pick out some individual performances in a moment. But first, Mohamed Salah reached fifty goals in a Liverpool shirt. Um, it's taken him 65 games to do that. It's quite, Paul, it's just a, it's an extraordinary record, isn't it? I mean, it's hard to put into words how good that is, but it's faster than the likes of Suarez, Torres, some of the best goal scorers in recent history. Yeah, it's it's weirdly um, kind of not talked about as much as it should yeah, be. Yeah. You know, these kind of levels, uh, 50 goals in, in 65 games, it's just remarkable. It is kind of... It's elite level, isn't it? It's like best best player in the world, stuff, top five in the world. Um, a lot of talk about Mohamed Salah not being there as, as good as he was last season. I always thought that was kind of a little bit exaggerated. People were kind of judging that against his blistering form of the spring. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not entirely sure the, the 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 full record at the moment, but I think he's probably scored more now than he had at this point last season. I think mm-hmm. it might be one more. Um, so, yeah, you know... He got the winning goal against Huddersfield at the weekend. He's carried it on uh, last night and um, long may I continue because he is one of the best players in the world, undoubtedly. Yeah, another little stat from last night um, that I saw Neil Jones, formerly of this parish, tweeted earlier that Liverpool's front three at the same stage last season had scored 13 goals. They've scored 15 goals or it might be 14 and 12, but they've scored more t- times this, mm-hmm. this season than they had at this stage last season. And it does underline perhaps that this Liverpool side's doing much better than perhaps a lot of people are giving them credit for at the moment. Yeah, I think it's difficult because obviously Liverpool didn't start last season well, did they? I think no. when you compare it to last season, you always expected yeah. Liverpool to be better. But, it, but it's easy to months. forget though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the... but then I think because they finished last season strongly, you just mm. expected yeah, yeah. a continuation of that. But yeah, as Paul said, the, the standards were set so, so high in the second half of last season. It probably wasn't realistic mm-hmm. to expect that they would be able to continue at, at the same rate. I mean, what was it? 91 goals between the three of them mm-hmm. last season. You know, crazy numbers. Um, yeah, the pleasing thing for me was to see Firmino and Mane back mm-hmm. on the score sheet. I think you, know, you could see the difference that that winning goal at Huddersfield had made to Mo Salah. You know, the, that was that was the most salary last season, yeah. the way he took his first goal. You know, uh, you know fantastic pass from Shakiri, touch with his left, hammered it in with, yeah, with his exactly. right. Um, so you can see he's got his confidence back. And then I know Klopp played it down afterwards, but things like that do play on players' minds. I think Firmino had gone six games without a goal, Mane seven, the worst run of his career, uh, his Anfield career. 
And obviously when, when Mane misses the penalty, you're thinking, oh, you know, that's a bit of a sour note to maybe end the night on. So brilliant to see him, you know, poke that one into the bottom corner yeah. late on because you know, first first game all three have scored uh, together since that 5-2 win over Roma mm-hmm. in the semi-final first leg back in April. So um, yeah, that was that was one of the big, big positives on the night. The fact that those three, um, you know, back backfiring and, and getting back to what we what we were treated to from them in that second half of last season. Before we get into it, um, about individual performances, penalties, James, both penalties for you? <laughs> um, a little, little sly smile was, from Mane when he went down. Yeah, for the first I one. think they were... Right out of your playbook, was, that wasn't it? Yeah, I, I'd have definitely been claiming it. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, we know. It was, it was the first one was soft. I think I'm not, I'm not sure that that gets given in the Premier League. No. But I mean, I, I just think as a defender, you're always running the risk when you slam your arm across an attacker like that. Mm. Um, and you know, I, I, I've seen a lot worse decisions yeah, than that. Yeah. Um, and the same with the second one. You know, I think sometimes a ref would have given the benefit of the doubt when it, when it comes at you like that. But um, you know, I think when you think of how many penalties Liverpool haven't got at Anfield and, you know, there's that crazy stat in terms of the Premier League of how few they've had in the last 12 to 18 months. Um, you know, Klopp will be hoping that's a, a little bit of a change of luck as well. Um, I mean, it felt, it felt for Mane a little bit because it was a fantastic save from the penalty. It wasn't yeah. a particularly yeah, was poorly taken spot kick. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Salah might have been kicking himself because obviously that, that second penalty was awarded about two minutes after he'd been given his... Uh, is curtain cool. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe a little bit of generous refereeing, but Liverpool didn't need that on the night because you know, there was a, a massive golfing class that they exposed. Okay, Paul, we'll start talking about those individual performances. We'll start with Fabinho because he's someone, the Chelsea start in the, in the League Cup aside, mm. we've had to wait a long time to see start a game for Liverpool and he really delivered last night, didn't he? Again, it felt like he had a little bit of a slow start, but once he got into the game, he was superb, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he really grew into it, didn't he? He was he was a little bit sluggish the first ten or fifteen minutes, and then once he kind of got up to speed with the pace of the game, he was snapping into tackles quite high up as well, which you don't really see from the Pills midfielders. No. He was putting in slide tackles in Red Star's final third. He was stopping them in their tracks, wasn't he? Before yeah, they could get out. obviously the Pills game is to press high and he was doing that but also putting in the, the sliding tackles and, mm. and the meaty challenges that you don't really see so I think he'll bring something completely different to Liverpool's midfield he's been bored for a reason and we've all touched on that for the last you know few months haven't yeah. we but um, it's good to finally see what he's all about in action in a big Champions League game and um, yeah I think he will be a, a very good addition to, to Klopp's midfield James, I really like the look of him. I love the way he zipped those passes in, didn't he, to the front three, um, created a couple of goals at the start of the move, if you like. What did you make of him? Because, again, you, you've watched Liverpool every game this season. You've waited a long time to see him. Yeah, really really pleased for him. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I was obviously, we, we, it's pretty clear from speaking to Klopp the day before the game mm. with, with the injury situation, with Henderson being out, Kaiser being out, that it was going to be the, the night when Fabinho got his big chance. Um and you've got to tell you, yeah, he grasped it with both hands. I thought he was, I thought he was excellent. Um, you know, as Paul said, after maybe a bit of a slow start, Liverpool was slow out the block, blocks in general. But yeah, he massively grew into it. Um, I think for the first time, you you could see why Klopp sanctioned that forty three million pound deal for him because uh, you know there was a I think the thing for me was how much more to his game there is than than just defensive duties. I mean, he covered. Covered a lot of ground. I think yeah. you know he won the ball back nine times over the course of ninety minutes. But 
Um, you know, aside from that, he's a lot more than just a kind of a midfield wrecking ball. He, you know, used the ball brilliantly. Um, you know, that lofted pass that yeah, put Trent great. in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if Trent could just have lifted that over the keeper, we'd have been buzzing off, you know, a fantastic assist for Fabino. Um, so yeah, just really confident with the ball at his feet. Just, just a massive step forward for him. When you know, after a really bleak couple of months, because I know Klopp has played it down and said, you know, it was the same situation with Robertson and Oxlade Chamberlain mm-hmm. last season. Some players just need time to adjust and, and get used to a new style. But it would have been tough for him. You know, a yeah. new country, new language. You know, he doesn't speak much English. Um, you know, the difference in style of play. You know, a, a pretty hefty price tag as well. Yeah. Only, you know, I think, only he's the fifth most expensive player Liverpool have ever signed. He'd have been desperate to get going and you know and and, and really you know, establish that that bond with the the supporters he hasn't been able to do that it's been a tough time for him but what you'd have to say is he's clearly taken on board what Klopp's asked of him on the training ground at Melwood obviously circumstances have played into his hands a little bit as well with the injury situation but to his credit you know he, he looked ready for it last night and um yeah that that is a massive positive for Liverpool to take from that would you both like to see him have a little run in the side now that's fair, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Um, Klopp's options are kind of diminishing, aren't they, with injuries yeah. to Caton to and Henderson. Um, it was a big chance for Fabinho last night and he's taken it, to be honest. Um, see no reason why he shouldn't be playing for, for the weekend and, and maybe uh, Fulham on Arsenal. Yeah, the change of formation was interesting, yeah. wasn't it? Because um, Klopp said afterwards that his birthday present for Fabinho wasn't just starting him, but actually changing the system for him, essentially. Yeah. It was a 4-2-3-1 um, clearly he felt that Fabinho would, would operate better with a midfield partner alongside him. Um, and I think when has got to take a lot of the credit as yeah, well, because I thought, you know, he, he just seems to slip under the radar every week in terms of he's always maybe Liverpool's second or third best player in virtually every game when Alden. And he helped Fabinho, the fact that he was just so good and, you know, he's just a master, isn't he, using his body strength to look after the possession. Um, but I thought, yeah, I thought the system worked. There was obviously the, the early teething troubles, but once... Once that the first goal arrived, that formation did work really well with um, you know Salah through the middle, Shakiri right, Mane left, um, and yeah, I think Fabinho has got to be given a run in the side now. Um, you know, obviously James Milner was given a breather last night. Uh, Henderson's not expected to be back for the weekend, uh, nor Keita. So yeah, you can't leave Fabinho out after that. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he he's made he's made made sure for well in my mind, I think he has to start against Cardiff on Saturday. Okay, another man who seemingly enjoyed that formation was Jordan Shakiri. Paul, is that his most impressive display in a Liverpool shirt yet? I think so, yeah. I think obviously there was the first half against Southampton, wasn't there, yeah. where he was uh, probably a man of the match before he was hauled off for, for tactical reasons. But we've said that quite a lot on these pods that Liverpool have been lacking a bit of creativity in that midfield area, haven't we? And it's something that Klopp needs to address. And, and he addressed it last night. He changed the position, uh, changed the formation, he went quite attacking. And Shakiri delivered with, with, okay, he's not officially accredited with the assist for the yeah. first one, but it is uh, through ball, which sent Robinson away and Firmino took it away. And then just that little cushion for Salah for the second one. Um, it, yeah. yeah, and his movement caused problems all night. His weight of pass was excellent. And uh, he's another one who's basically said, said to Klopp that he can't be dropped. James, you spoke to him after the game. It's nice to see someone who just seems to be loving life yeah. at Liverpool, doesn't he? Really yeah. does. Yeah, I think, you know, he, I think he knew this summer that this... Maybe his last chance at like a, a a real elite club. You know, he's played for some big clubs over the years, and obviously things didn't work out for him at Inter Milan. You know, he ends up at Stoke, and mm. that must have been pretty bleak for him last season playing in a 
a, a bang average team that was battling against relegation. And so, you know, Liverpool didn't have too much opposition when it came to trying to sign him this summer, which, you know, I think we said at the time, it's a no brainer for 13 mm-hmm. million, someone of, of his ability. You know, I think the big question mark was going to be how would he adjust to what was expected of him at Liverpool? Because I know from watching him at Stoke, there was almost a sense that he would wait for the ball to come to him mm-hmm. and then would try to make something happen where clearly he was never going to yeah. be able to get away with doing that in a Jurgen Klopp team. But for me, the first goal just absolutely epitomised mm-hmm. the way in which he's taken on board everything that Klopp's asked of him, the, you know, tracking back to, to win it back. And then, yeah, the weight on the pass for Robertson was absolutely perfect. Um, and then, yeah, the assist for the second, I think Klopp described it as a piece of genius and is bang on because, yeah, to, to, to cushion the ball like that, I think I think it was when Alden pinged it into him pretty hard and it, it was just absolutely perfect for Salah, mm-hmm. wasn't it? And yeah, he just oozed class throughout and yeah when you think he got a bit of stick last summer and some pundits were questioning whether uh Shaqiri was the right fit for Liverpool you know he's answered them absolutely mm-hmm. perfectly and as Paul said he's, he's what Liverpool have been crying out for since Coutinho left really you know that mm-hmm. bit of bit of ingenuity to carve open a defence and uh yeah he was my man of the match on the night Shaqiri mm-hmm. thought you know he was sensational and yeah, you could see afterwards as well in the interviews he gave, and just the look on his face when he came off, the ovation he got, mm. that, um, yeah, he's absolutely loving life at Liverpool. Well, the performances, there was quite a few. James mentioned Wijnaldum, thought he played very yeah. well. thought the two centre-halves, both both ooze class. Andy Robertson, I thought Daniel Sturridge came on. Who, who caught the eye for you, Paul? Is, is there anyone you want to pick out? Um, well, I would have said, actually, Shaqiri and, and Fabinho, just because the... They don't play every week and, mm-hmm. and it was a big chance for both of them. But Joe Gomez at the back again. Genie um, Wijnaldum again. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with Gomez. Just, there was a, a period in the in the second half, wasn't it, where he just had to turn on the afterburners oh, to snuff out a chance it, and it was yeah. just just north of 60, wasn't it? And, you know, it's just great to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. Because the other lad had a head start mm-hmm. on him. And he just made it look made it look easy, didn't he? And the more he's putting in these performances at, at 21 years of age, it kind of makes you think how far can he go in the game yeah. you know just what a prospect Liverpool have got on their hands for the next 10 years yeah and James anything you want to add to that the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo he, he looks absolutely yeah I think you, you did, yeah go, I mean Gomez just to add to that I think you know, I was looking at some stats earlier on the season I think the average age of a centre back in the Champions League is 26 yeah. So when you think, you know, he's oper- he's operating at that level in one of the best teams in Europe at the age of 21, um, just kind of puts into perspective how just how good he is. And yeah, it's just massively exciting to see him fit and performing with such confidence and composure at the moment. Um, yeah, you mentioned Robertson. I think, yeah. yeah, it was, he got a lot of, uh, you know, his name was chanted repeatedly by the cop last night and that was... That was reward for just, you know, a, a real all-action performance. Mm. I thought him and Mane, you know, absolutely tormented Red Star down that flank, um, especially in the first half. You know, that was where a lot of Liverpool's best moments came from. Um, but yeah, it was it was just one of those pleasing nights where even when Liverpool have won games this season, which you know they've made a habit of, but there's always been a lot of things that you think, oh, you know, that wasn't right, that wasn't right. You know, there's a lot still to work on. But yeah, you came away from that last night going more defensively, absolutely rock solid yeah. red star didn't muster a single shot on target midfield operated brilliantly you know those who came in grasped their chance and the front three all on target you know i think if you'd ask Klopp before the game you know what he wanted to take out of it i think every single box was ticked 
Yeah, okay. Elsewhere in the group, PSG scored a very late equaliser uh, against Napoli in a 2-2 draw. It probably would have been better for Liverpool for Napoli to hang on and, and win at Paris Saint-Germain because even though they would have stayed top, there'd have been more daylight between Liverpool and, and Paris. But Liverpool now travel to Red Star um, in two weeks' time. Um, a win there would really take take control of the group for them, wouldn't it? And It's opening up for Liverpool now, isn't it? It is. They've been quite fortunate that they've been handed back-to-back games yeah. with the, the group's whipping boys. Uh, <laughs> all they can do really is, is go to, to, uh, to Belgrade and, and get the results in uh, Napoli against PSG. Obviously, someone's going to take points off someone else, aren't they? So, it has, it's, it's who, do, who do you want to take points there? Um, I think I, I might fancy a Napoli win. Um, yeah. I think going away to PSG, it's, it's going to be a very different type of performance needed um, against the likes of Neymar and Mbappe on the home turf. But um, all Liverpool can do now is just look to that Belgrade game and and um, three points there really does set them up nicely for, for the final two games. James quite confident now that they'll navigate this group. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'd say that draw in Paris probably wasn't ideal in terms yeah. of, you know, it, it does suggest that the three-way battle for the two places could, could go down to the wire. But yeah, Liverpool are in a decent position. I think, you know, they they had to, make sure they got the job done against Red Star after what happened in, in Naples. Um, you know, speaking to a few of the Serbian reporters last night, they were they seemed pretty bullish about Red Star's chances of putting up a much better fight in Belgrade. They were they were saying, you know, you wait till you come to Belgrade, the atmosphere, it was going to be like something sure, you've I'm never... Sure, not just threatening you, Jim. Wait till you come to... Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, so that's going to be something that Liverpool will have to contend yeah. with. I think it will be, it will be obviously very, very lively over mm-hmm. there. You could, you know, probably a hundred, a couple of hundred hardy Red Star fans did make it into Anfield on uh, on Wednesday night and made the made themselves heard. And you know, there'll be forty, fifty thousand in the Maracanã over there in a in a fortnight's time. And um, you know, I've heard various stories about just just how intimidating and fiery mm-hmm. that'll be, but. You know, Liverpool. It's no, it's nothing new to this Liverpool team, is it? You know, they went to tough places last yeah. season in the Champions League. So, it, you know, I think it's it's not as if they'll be like rabbits caught in the headlights. And you know, if they perform like they did against Red Star last night, then you know they'll quieten those fans down. Great stuff. Well, short but sweet. But um, we'll be back tomorrow with the Blood Red podcast, looking ahead to Cardiff and going again over that game in more detail. But thanks for tuning in, and we'll speak to you soon listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.